It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. And a very good Monday morning, afternoon, evening to you, Joe Beningo. Back with you again, the Old of Pain podcast, Monday, April 17th. It is 2023. And the Joe Beningo Old of Pain podcast brought to you by the Hackensack Brewing Company. By Anita Discount Tire and, of course, our good friends at DraftKings. It's Patriots Day. If For those who don't know, it's Patriots Day, which is uh, only really celebrated up in Massachusetts, up in Boston. They have the Boston Marathon today. And, of course, the Red Sox always – I'm not sure who they're playing today, but the Red Sox always play like a an 11 o'clock start on uh, Monday Patriots Day. So, happy Patriots Day to everybody out there and all the real Patriots in this country. And God knows right now there really isn't enough of them. But, nevertheless, uh, I wanted to get that out there. Also today uh, – Today, you know, we got an issue with our with our hot water heater, right? So we are getting our hot water heater replaced today, and that's always fun. And that's going to take all day. And the guys come in between 10 and 2, and you never know. I mean, it's always like a crapshoot what time they're going to come. So we're all excited about that. Uh, not, but nevertheless, right now we have no hot water, so we actually need it to get done today. So it is going to be happening today. So I know nobody really cares, but I figured I'd throw that out there anyway. All right, let, let's start with this. We're in the middle of the playoffs, the NBA playoffs in full swing. Obviously, the hockey playoffs start tonight. The Islanders will get started tonight in Carolina against the Hurricanes. And, of course, the Ranger Devil Series, which gets started tomorrow in Newark. Uh, get your, uh, you know, get your heartburn medicine out for that, uh, if, especially if you're a Ranger fan. But, nevertheless, we'll open with the Knicks. How about the Knicks on Saturday night as they win game one in Cleveland against the Cavaliers? Just a, a, a tremendous performance by Jalen Brunson after he sat with foul trouble in most of the first half. What a great game he had. How many big shots down the stretch. Uh, Julius Randle, back from the injury, hadn't played in a couple weeks. Gave you a solid 19.10 rebound performance. Uh, you got to be happy with what you got from him. But to me, the star of this game is Josh Hart. How good have the, how good have the Knicks been since Josh Hart got here? I mean, he was phenomenal. He had 17 points, 10 rebounds, hit the biggest shot of the night. After the Knicks, Knicks, you know, really kind of dominated the game for most of the game. He had a 10-point lead. It was one of those nights where the Knicks, you know, they were up by 8, they were up by 10, they are up by 6, but always seemed to be in, in control of the game. They did a tremendous job on the offensive glass, rebounding. They out-rebounded Cleveland by 13 in this game. I think they had 17 or 18 offensive rebounds. Really did a terrific job with that. Uh, no doubt about it. And that's really, you know, maybe probably where they won the game. They really didn't shoot the threes that well in this game. But just a tremendous job on the glass. No, remember, they got two big offensive rebounds late in the game, too, to kind of seal it. One by Isaiah Hartenstein, who, uh, you know, basically got it out to Hart, who then hit that three that really was the biggest shot of the game that put the Knicks ahead by two after they had fell behind finally by one, you know, in the last couple minutes. And then the one by Julius Randle on that miss by Brunson, uh, that really sealed the game with the Knicks up by two. Randall got that big offensive rebound. Uh, eventually, uh, Quentin Grimes got fouled and made two two free throws to seal it. And the Knicks wound up winning it by four, 101 uh, to 97. 
Well, well I tell you, this, this is a good team. You know, this Nick team is good. And I think they're, I got to I said this before the uh, series started. I like the Knicks and six in this series. I think they're a the far better team. They're better than Cleveland. I look at Cleveland, they, they're a one-man band. I mean, they got Donovan Mitchell. And really, what else do they really have? Is there anybody else on this team in Cleveland that really is, is getting you nervous? You know, Mitchell had 38 points. I don't know how many, what, 10, 11 rebounds, whatever he wound up, you know, uh, the stat line he put up. And he's going to get his. But the Knicks got a lot of guys. You can start with Brunson. You got Randall. You got what you're getting from Josh Hart right now. Uh, you know, R.J. Barrett obviously did not have a good game. But, you know, you do have him. You got to throw him into the mix. Emmanuel quickly. Uh, you know, what he's been bringing to the table. Quentin Grimes, who's really played well. And, you know, the two rim protectors in Mitchell Robinson and Isaiah Hartenstein both uh, have really played well for the Knicks as far as uh, the center position is concerned. This is a good team. They play solid defense, and they got the big closer in Brunson. How good is Jalen Brunson? You know, when the Knicks for I, I when the Knicks signed Brunson in the offseason, I you know I didn't get too crazy. Okay, Jalen Brunson, he's a nice player. Loved him at Villanova. Won a couple championships for Jay Wright there. Terrific player, no doubt about it. Solid player, but never in. And I know he had a great playoff series last year with Dallas, and of course they. Brunson went up against uh, Donovan Mitchell last year, if you remember, when he when he was in Dallas and Mitchell was still in Utah. But um, I, I never in my wildest dreams thought Jalen Brunson would turn into the kind of player that we have seen this year for the Knicks. I mean, he's one of the best point guards in the NBA, and he's the best player on the team. And you want the ball in his hands with the game on the line. You know, after sitting out most of the first half, as we mentioned earlier, he comes in and has a monster second half. He winds up scoring 27 points. Nine points in the fourth quarter. Hit some big shots down the stretch. Unbelievable. You know, I initially said, as the year was going on, I said, man, it's Brunson, man. He's unbelievable. You know, this is the best point, point guard the Knicks have had since, you know, since the days of Derek Harper back in the 90s or Doc Rivers. But he may be the best point guard they've had since Clyde Frazier 50 years ago. It's unbelievable. You know, I know somebody, somebody yesterday, I was talking to Joey. Joey brought up Michael Ray Richardson. Michael Ray Richardson was a terrific player. But, you know, he crapped out. We know what happened to him. We know what happened to, to him. I mean, uh, you know, the drug situation got him. And, you know, he never materialized into the kind of player that you wanted to see him materialize into. And then, of course, eventually uh, wound up getting getting dealt for Bernard King uh, to the, uh, to the uh, at that time, the New Jersey Nets. So, uh, but, you know, Brunson is really, really turned into a big-time player for the Knicks. And I never thought he was that kind of guy. And he really has turned that to the, into, into that. And they got a lot of guys. I mean, how good is Josh Hart? Like I said, you talk about uh, a money player. A guy never played in a playoff game before the other night. And he was just tremendous. Like I said, hit the biggest shot of the night. Knicks fell behind by one, maybe a minute and a half, two minutes to go in the game. And then that big rebound by Hartenstein, the shot clock is ticking down. And uh, Hart goes out there and, and hits that three. Uh, to give the Knicks the lead for good, and they go on to win the game. Just uh, unbelievable. And I think they're going to win this series in six. I just think they're better. Really, I, I they got a lot of guys. They're a deep team. You know, <clears throat> their benches, I mean, it's not even close between the two benches as far as I'm concerned. And like I said, I look at, at Cleveland, and they're a one-man band with Donovan Mitchell. 
So we'll see what happens game two tomorrow night. Unfortunately, it's on opposite the Ranger game. I mean, the Rangers and the Knicks playing the same time tomorrow night, which is, you know, not very good. You know, I, I'll probably be locked in more to the Rangers tomorrow night. And Nick's got a little bit of a cushion here because they've already won game one in Cleveland. I'll be more into the Rangers. I'm more into the hockey right now anyway for, you know, many reasons that we won't get into now. But, I mean, you got to like what you see from the Knicks. I mean, you really do. This is a much better team than a team that lost to Atlanta in the first round two years ago. Um, obviously, the, the addition of Brunson and Hart have really changed everything for this basketball team and even made Julius Randle better. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And I think this team can make a run here. I mean, I'm looking at the Eastern Conference. Now, Milwaukee got beat yesterday by Miami. I understand Giannis got hurt in the game, went out. Miami wound up winning this game by, like, 13 points. I mean, you look at, you know, what's going on uh, around you right now. You saw the Lakers beat Memphis yesterday. You saw Phoenix yesterday in the West uh, lose to the Clippers. So you saw a couple teams. And then you throw in Cleveland, lose at home in the first round. So, I don't, you know, who knows? How, how good is Philadelphia? I know they killed this, the Nets in their first first round game. But, you know, I can't see the Nets getting more. You know, if they got two games in this series, that would be pretty good. You know, obviously they're outclassed. You know, I, I, you got to give the Nets credit and Jock Vaughn credit for, you know, winding up in the playoffs and staying out of the play-in, you know, after all the uh, nonsense with Durant and Kyrie Irving. And uh, still, you know, finishing uh, eight games over 500 and securing that sixth seed, you know, really led by Mikhail Bridges, who's been great. Another one of these Villanova guys. How about those guys from Villanova? Brunson, Josh Hart, Mikhail Bridges, all in New York now and all playing just top flight basketball. All these guys that played for Jay Wright. So, um, but uh, you know what? I, I can see the Knicks making a deep run here. Why not? If they get by Cleveland, I guess they play Milwaukee, right? The number one seed. If Milwaukee does wind up beating Miami, wouldn't that be something? If somehow the Bucks lost to the to the Heat and the Knicks are playing the Heat in the next round of the playoffs, wouldn't that be crazy with the home court advantage, which they would have because the Heat, the Heat was the eighth seed, you know? Back to the old days, back to the, uh, you know, mid to late 90s and that great rivalry between Miami and, and, uh, and the Knicks. But now look, I mean, we're really getting way ahead of ourselves. The Knicks are only up 1-0 in this series. But again, I look around and I see what this team is and I don't see why this team can't make a deep run. And I fully, fully expect them to win this series in six. You know, no matter what happens tomorrow night, I think they they will come home, take care of business back at the garden and then eventually wrap it up in six games at home. That's, that's how I see it. And, uh, but just a, a tremendous win by them the other night. And you got to really, you got to feel good right now. You're a fan of the New York Knickerbockers. You got to feel real good about it. This is the best team they've had. Now, you could say since the team that, you know, with Carmelo and Tyson Chandler and J.R. Smith and all those guys, you know, Mike Woodson's team from a few years, from 10 years ago that wound up, you know, getting to the second round of the playoffs, beating the Celtics in the first round, although they almost blew that series after being up 3-0, but beating the Celtics in the first round and then, uh, you know, losing to Indiana in the second round of the playoffs in very, very disappointing fashion. That was a 54-win Nick team, but I think they're better than this team. You know, they're younger. Uh, I just think they're a better overall team than that team, uh, you know, from 10 years ago, which was a veteran team. You know, I remember they had a lot of older guys on that team. You know, you had Rasheed Wallace on that team. Jason Kidd was on that team. Kurt Thomas was on that team for a while. Uh, like I said, a veteran in Mello, a veteran in Tyson Chandler. You know, 
had a lot of, you know, older dudes on that basketball team. So uh, this one is a young team, and I think they're going to be good for a while. And I could see them doing some damage here. And like I said, I fully expect them to win this series against Cleveland. I just think they're a better team. So uh, kudos to them as they win game one, game two, of course, uh, tomorrow night in Cleveland. And uh, we'll see what happens there. Now, as far as the the basketball, the uh, hockey playoffs are concerned, again, if you're an Islander fan, get started tonight. They play game one in Carolina. But the, the Ranger Devil Series, and I, and I said this, I said this on the radio show the other day, and I'm going to say it again. When you look at the five teams in the metropolitan area, as we said, the first time since uh, 1994, 29 years ago, that all the New York metropolitan area winter, winter sports teams made the playoffs, the team with the most pressure on them is the Rangers. I don't think there's any doubt about it. I mean, this team is built to win now. They brought in Patrick Kane. They brought in Vladimir Tereschenko. We know about all the firepower they have on this team to begin with. We know about Shusterkin. We know about, you know, Adam Fox and Truba and Miller and Lindgren, all these guys on defense, right? We know about them. They got to win now. You know, I mean, we've seen years and years, you know, going, we, I talk about it endlessly, going back to the Henrik Lundqvist era, how many deep runs they made in the playoffs, how many game sevens they won. And it was the same thing last year. Right? They went to the conference finals. They lost to Tampa Bay. And we've seen that story over and over again. You know, but one of the issues they've had is that they have these blood and guts seven-round series every every round. Every round seems to be a blood and guts seven-round, a seven-game series every time. You saw it last year against Pittsburgh. Remember, they were down 3-1 to Pittsburgh. And then Jacob Truba basically took Sidney Crosby out of the series. And the Rangers came back one of the next three games and won the series in seven, right? Then we saw the same thing in Carolina. Another blood and gut series against Carolina. Won game seven on the road in Carolina. Then, and, and by the time you get to a series like Tampa, all right, a hardened, you know, a, t- a championship team, because they were the defending champions going into last year Tampa, as it was, you know, Rangers jumped out to a 2-0 lead, had a 2-0 lead in game three, and then ran out of gas after that and wound up losing the next four games and got knocked out in that uh, third round. So not only do they have to, you know, win now, but this Ranger team has to find a way to win, the, especially these earlier round series, to win in, in less games. You know, you go back to the 94 Ranger team that won the Cup, right? Now, you know, amazingly, almost 30 years ago now, <clears throat> 29 years ago. Remember, they played the Islanders in the first round. They swept them. They played Washington in the second round. They won it in five. So they were a lot fresher when they had to go through two blood and guts seven-game series in the conference finals against the Devils and then in the, in the finals against Vancouver to eventually win the Cup. So if you're going to make that deep playoff run, all right, forget making a deep playoff run. We've seen those. If you're going to win a Stanley Cup and you're the Rangers now, you got to start finding ways to win. You know, go out and beat the Devils in five games here. And I know it's not going to be an easy series. I mean, you know. If they're going to win, it's probably going to be another seven-game series again. You would think. this devil, The Devils are actually favored. They had a better year than the Rangers. They beat them really three out of four this year. You know, one of them was an overtime loss, which, you know, it's a loss. You know, I, I, I know they count those different. They don't count them as a, a loss, if you will, because everybody gets a point when they go in overtime. But they lost. They lost. So they've lost three out of four to the Devils this year. 
It's not going to be easy, you know? And the pressure's on the Rangers. I mean, I'm not saying the Devils are playing with house money because when you get to this point, you know, you never know where you're getting here again. But this would be a disaster. The Rangers have more pl- more pressure on them than anybody, than the Knicks, than the Nets, than the Islanders, and the Devils. They need to win this series, and they need to finally win a freaking championship. You brought in all the, you brought in guys, like I said, like Kane and Tereshenko. They're not here, you know, just to make the playoffs. They're not here just to win one round in the playoffs. So Rangers-Devils for the seventh time uh, starting tomorrow night in Jersey, in Newark. And the Rangers have won four of the previous six playoff series, although the last time they played in 2012, in the conference finals, the Devils won that series. So we'll see what happens, but it's time for this team to get going. And like I said, it would be nice if they finally could, you know, win some of these early round series and win it, you know, without having to go to seven games like they always do. So we'll see how it's, it all starts tomorrow. We'll see what happens. And it'll be interesting, too, what happens with the Bruins who play Florida. Um, I saw a stat that. The last, I believe, the last time a team won the Stanley Cup when they also won the President's Trophy, which, of course, is the team that has the best record in the regular season. And, you know, Boston, had, the Bruins had a historic season. I think they won more games than anybody in the history of the league and all of that. But I think it's been nine years since the President's Trophy uh, winner actually won the Stanley Cup. So, you know, no guarantee as good a year as the Bruins had that they're going to wind up winning the championship here. And I wouldn't be shocked by anything. I wouldn't be shocked. I don't think Florida's going to beat them in the first round, but I wouldn't be shocked by anything. So we'll see. But it's time. It's time for the Rangers now to win and not just win a round, not just win two rounds. It's time for the Rangers to win it all. And that all gets started uh, tomorrow night in what will be a very tough series against the New Jersey Devils starting in Newark. All right, 877-337. Oh, my God. What? Did you just hear that? I thought I was on the fan. Wow. Oh my God. I was given the phone number. 877-337-6666. You can call me on Saturday morning between 10 and 1. <laughs> See, that's what happens when you're doing, when you do, when you do a, a radio show for all the years I did it, 25 years, how many years? And you're so conditioned to, you know, giving that phone number out. It's a good thing I didn't give my home number out. <clears throat> Enough people have that as it is. Anyway. Bingo with the Oda Payne podcast. Let's get our sponsors in here. You know the Hackensack Brewing Company. Of course you do. Uh, located just uh, 30 seconds off uh, Route 4 and beautiful. Uh, who needs a house out in Hackensack? You know there's always 12 beers on tap, and you can you can check out the outdoor beer garden when the weather uh, is conducive and the weather's starting to get a lot better. The tap room's open 4.30 to 10 Monday through Friday, 2 to 10 Saturday, 12 to 8 Sunday. 78 Johnson Avenue in Hackensack. Check it out. While you're there, check out my Oda Payne beer with the new packaging. We have the baseball packaging. We have the football season. We get the football packaging with the jet colors. And the baseball season, we get the baseball packaging with the Met colors, with the orange and blue. So check that out. See Mike Jones. See TJ. Everybody over there. Herb, Andre, the whole group. And uh, we'll let you know uh, when our next upcoming uh, live podcast will be the Hackensack Brewing Company. Also, of course, the Need a Discount Tire. <clears throat> you know about that. Located in Rivervale, New Jersey on Westwood Avenue. Go check out Johnny, my son. Harry, his great boss. Uh, you need tires, any work done with your car. 
you know, a needed discount tire is the place to go. So uh, go check it out and uh, tell them Beningo sent you. And, of course, DraftKings, no matter what you're betting on, you're betting on the NBA playoffs, you're betting on the Stanley Cup playoffs, you're betting on the baseball, you're betting on the golf, whatever you're doing. How about yesterday? Jordan Spieth blowing the uh, RBC Heritage uh, had two great looks in his playoff against Matthew Fitzpatrick. Two great birdies. He made a big putt on 18, a big par putt to stay in and, and force the playoff against Fitzpatrick. Then had two great birdie looks on the first two playoff holes. Just missed the first one that rimmed down on the 18th hole. Just missed on 17. And, you know, obviously wound up with a par. They went to the third playoff hole. And Fitzpatrick, on his approach shot on the 18th hole, put it to about a foot and a half. Uh, to a place where even I would not miss the putt. And God knows I've been missing a lot of short putts. I am the king of missing the three and four foot putt. Oh, my God. But whatever. Whatever. I remember the days when I just wanted to hit the ball. Now, we're in a whole different place now at my golf game, but who cares about that? Not really anybody. But anyway, <clears throat> I do. That's about it. But uh, anyway, so Speed blew the uh, RBC Heritage yesterday, which he had won last year, to Matthew Fitzpatrick. But if you want to bet golf, got the uh, PGA coming up next month, you know, whatever you want to do, check it out. DraftKings is the way to go. <clears throat> uh, you know, you, you're going to place a bet. There's really, look, there's a million of these services out there. DraftKings is number one. That's where you want to go for any kind of bet you want to place. So go check out DraftKings. All right. Beningo, the Yoda Payne podcast. As far as the uh, baseball world is concerned, by the way, Aaron Rodgers is still not a Jet, okay? If anybody if anybody uh, didn't notice, uh, Aaron, the, the draft is now just two weeks away, less than two weeks away. Aaron Rodgers is not a Jet yet, okay? So in case you didn't know, maybe you've been in a black hole smoking peyote or something for a few days. So you thought maybe once you came out that maybe Rodgers would be on the team now? Nah, still not here. Still not here. And I'm telling you, and I continue to say this, every day that goes by is another day closer to it not happening, okay? God forbid Rogers wakes up one morning, right? Maybe he goes back into the darkness for a little while. Who knows? Maybe he wakes up one morning and says, you know what? I'm tired of this. I don't want to play football no more. I'm done. See ya. See ya. Can you imagine that? What a disaster. So. Don't hold your breath. The draft is coming up. Will he be a Jet before the draft? Will he? Oh, my. What a disaster. Anyway, so just my moment of Aaron Rodgers. Still, still, no Aaron Rodgers. But don't worry. He's coming. Don't worry. He's coming. All right. <laughs> but then go to the Yoda Payne podcast. Now, let's get to the Mets. Finally, the Mets are bringing Brett Beatty up. Thank you. And I got to believe he's going to start tonight against the Dodgers. He should be. Mets open up a three-game series with the Dodgers in L.A. Then they go in L.A. Then they go to San Francisco before against the Giants. Coming off this three-game sweep of Oakland, uh, you know they had that. And the Mets right now they've won four in a row. They're ten and six on the year. Like I said, they come off this three-game sweep against the Oakland A's, and it wasn't easy. I mean, they did Friday night. They destroyed them. That crazy game where they beat them seventeen-six. They had 17 runs and 17 walks in that game on Friday night. Francisco Lindor drove in seven runs. He had a grand slam, a three-run double. <clears throat> in that game, uh, the Mets 
Like I said, they wanted 17 to 6, 17 walks. An all-time record in the history of the Mets for walks in a game. And I think they only be, only came within one of the all-time major league record for walks in a game. And they won that game. And then two very different games after that. Three to two on Saturday uh, as they wound up, uh, you know, pulling that game out. Uh, tough game, Brandon Nimmo with a big uh, uh, a double that wound up being the game winner after home runs by Lindor and the unconscious Pete Alonso. And, of course, Alonzo had another home run yesterday. It tied the game in the ninth inning. The Mets were down 3-2. to two, Hit that monstrous home run uh, to tie the game. His eighth of the year, by the way, leads the major leagues right now with his eight home runs. How good is Alonzo? You know? The Mets, I'm telling you, memo to Steve Cohen, all right? I wouldn't, I, I understand you got control of him for another year, all right? I get it. It's time now to give this guy before it gets, you know, gets dicey, you got to give this guy a big contract. This guy is on his way, I, I continue to say it again, to being the greatest Met in the history of the franchise that's not a pitcher. I'm telling you, he's going to be better than Piazza, better than Carlos Beltran. Everybody goes delirious over Beltran as a Met. He was okay. Better than Daryl Strawberry. Better than anybody. You know, you name the guy. This guy is going to be the greatest Met in the history of the franchise. And, and, you know, he may be the premier home run hitter in baseball. You could talk about Aaron Judge. I know Judge hit 62 last year. But, I mean, remember, Pete did hit 53 his rookie year. It is the all-time rookie record and the all-time Met record. But the way he's going, he might hit 50 again this year, 50-plus. And maybe finally get an MVP because the Mets have never had one of those. Pete Alonso will be the greatest. David Wright, let me not forget David Wright, too, when I talk about the great Mets of all time. He will wind up being the greatest Met ever. And he is on the fast track to that right now. Let's be honest. And it's time to take care of this guy. I don't want to see this guy play anywhere, ever play in a different uniform than a Met uniform in his whole career. And I'm sure it's not lost on Stevie Cohen, but Steve... You can't mess around with this guy. You really can't. But Brett Beatty is up. The Mets have won four in a row. Like I said, terrific win yesterday. They came back. They were down three to two. Alonzo, they had a home run from Tommy Pham. Tommy Pham's been pretty good at the DH. If it's up to me, forget Daniel Vogelback. Just play Pham as the DH. He's much, He's a much better hitter than Vogelback. Can we, can we figure that out, Buck, as well? Much better. Not even close. He should be the DH. Hit a home run yesterday. Lindor hit a home run yesterday. He's off to a terrific start. Leads the majors with 16 RBIs after that seven RBI game on Friday night. He's got four homers. And Alonzo tying the game in the ninth inning with his eighth home run, his major league leading eighth home run. And then they win it in the 10th on a wild pitch on a ball four, on a walk to Francisco Lindor that brings in Escobar with what turns out to be the game-winning run. Jacobonis did a great job in the ninth inning to get out of that, that inning without trouble. And, of course, the game-saving diving catch in left center by Brandon Nimmo, who made two tremendous defensive plays yesterday. And, of course, the one in the bottom of the ninth that really saved the game for the Mets. Was that in the bottom of the ninth or the tenth? I think it was the ninth. I think Jacobonis was pitching when he did that. That was the game-saver there. And then David Robertson came in and got the job done in the uh, tenth inning with the ghost runner to get out of that after the Mets had scored that run in the top of the 10th on that wild pitch. So they sweep the series against a bad Oakland A team. They've won four in a row. 
They're 10-6 and six on the year. Now, Max Scherzer, of course, was pushed back from his start. He was supposed to start yesterday. Jose Buto started and actually really pitched well. He gave you five solid innings yesterday. Maybe there's a future for Buto in the rotation. We'll see. Because, you know, sure, we still don't have Verlander. God knows we're going to see him. And Scherzer got pushed back to Wednesday, the last game of the Dodgers series. And, you know, we'll see. Maybe, you know, don't hold your breath that he might not even pitch that game. Would you really be surprised? But they go up in weight class now. They play the Dodgers. Should be interesting. David Peterson pitching tonight. Uh, I guess McGill will pitch tomorrow. And then Wednesday, uh, you'll see, hopefully, you'll uh, see Max Scherzer. And then they go to San Francisco for four games. So the Mets right now, four-game winning streak. And, uh, you know, right now looking pretty good. Ten and six, but got to keep the ball rolling against a very good L.A. Dodger team. And by the way, before I go, how about Garrett Cole? Is there any question right now that Garrett Cole is the best pitcher in baseball? Forget about the best pitcher in New York. There's no doubt about it. Best pitcher in baseball. A complete game shutout yesterday. What did he strike out? Ten? Uh, I think he get through a three-hitter against against Minnesota. They beat him 2 nothing. How about that? Complete game shutout for Garrett Cole, just like, just like the old days. How good is that? You know, I'm not a Yankee fan, but I, I, I really like Garrett Cole. I think he's going to wind up winning the Cy Young Award. Here's what I love about Garrett Cole, all right? And to me, this is maybe the most impressive thing of anything. We know he's a terrific pitcher. He pitches every fifth freaking day. Give me the ball. Here I am. He doesn't get hurt. I'm knocking on wood. He doesn't get hurt. He goes out there and he pitches every fifth day. And that's what it's all about. <clears throat> I say this over and over and over again. In sports, in any, in any walk of life, the greatest ability is availability. What the hell good is it, no matter how good you are, if you never play? Tell me. A uh, uh, memo to Giancarlo Stanton, who's now on the IL again for the Yankees, who's hurt all the time and has missed 40% of the Yankees' regular season games since he's gotten to the stadium. Garrett Cole, the antithesis of that, plays, give me the ball every fifth day. Great job by him. All right, everybody, have a great week. Enjoy it. The weather's getting better. And I will talk to you on Friday all the long.